fact, I can count them all. Let's see, there's me and Matt. Uh, don't believe I'll take up an offering this evening, obviously. Uh, about four years ago, I wrote a little Christmas story. We've handed this out to all the, the folks here at the church at some time or other. And uh, if you didn't get one and you'd like to have one, uh, next time you're here at the church, let us know and we'll, we'll get you one. The story is called A Special Christmas Gift for the Queen. It was almost Christmas, and the king wanted to get something really nice for his wife, the queen. That night, he went to sleep and had a dream. In that dream, something told him, you will find what you are looking for when you get to the top of Transfiguration Mountain. The next morning, the king summoned his entourage and told them to saddle up their horses. We're going on a journey. I have got to find the perfect Christmas gift for my wife, the queen. They saddled up and started heading north. All of a sudden, they came upon three men walking. They were all dressed in really nice, elaborate robes. Each one had a box in their hand. The king stopped and said, excuse me, I'm trying to find the most beautiful, wonderful Christmas gift that a king could ever give his queen. Do you have any suggestions where I might find such a gift? The first man opened his box and said, maybe she would like to have some gold. The king said, well, gold is nice, but I want something more personal, not just money to give her. The second man opened the lid to his box, and in it, he had what is called frankincense. He said, this is the type of thing that even priests will have in church, and it smells so wonderful. The king said, I appreciate that. But she has her own perfume maker. She has some of the most wonderful fragrances anyone could ever hope for. The third wise man opened his box. In it, he had some myrrh. The king asked, what is that used for? Myrrh is a very special spice for a very special person used in a very special occasion. The king said, that is nice, but still, that's not what I'm looking for. As the king continued on, he met a shepherd with all his sheep around him. The king told the shepherd about talking to the wise men. He shared about his quest to find the perfect gift for his wife, the queen. They had been traveling, were on their way to see someone very special. The king knew the shepherd had traveled to a lot of different places with his sheep. You talk to a lot of people. Do you have any suggestions? The shepherd said, why don't you take her a perfect little Snow White Lamb. The king said, well, that would be nice. But in our kingdom, she has her own zoo with all kinds of animals and exotic birds. Animals brought from the far reaches of the earth. I'm looking for something very special. The king continued up the mountain, his wise men and his horses along. The mountain got steeper as they continued on their journey. Something kept driving him to continue his search. 
All of a sudden, the king heard a noise like a drum. As he got closer, he saw a young boy. You play that drum so beautifully, young man, he said. Well, thank you, sir. The king said, let me ask you something. Where can I find, buy, dig up, or capture whatever it takes to find the most beautiful gift for my wife, the queen? The boy said, what about a song? Why don't you write her a special song straight from your heart? The king thought and thought. He said, you know, I'm not all that good with words, and I really don't know how to play any type of musical instrument. He said, thank you, young man, but I'll, I'll have to think about that for a while. The king rode along, and all of a sudden, the wind started blowing. Snowflakes started falling. He rode past what is called the timberline, where the trees faded away, and all you could see was the white snow. The king traveled on and on through the snow and the freezing wind. Soon the entourage told the king, we're turning back. We can't take it anymore. The king said, go back if you must. I will take care of this myself. The, queen, the king went on by himself. Nothing was going to stop him from finding that perfect gift. All of a sudden, something caught his eye. Right in the middle of the snow was a beautiful red rose. Sort of like this one. When he saw the rose, he thought how strange it was to see a rose in the snow. It was red, as red as blood. As he got off his horse, he couldn't take his eyes off the beautiful red rose. As the king was standing there admiring the beautiful rose, all of a sudden he saw an old man in a long robe with a long white beard. The old man said, I, I see you've noticed my rose. The king said, yes, sir. How can a rose that red and beautiful be growing in the middle of the snow like that? The old man said, it is called the Rose of Sharon. You see, in God's word in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, He shall be called the Rose of Sharon and the Lily of the Valley. The king said, I want that for my wife, the queen. I know that is what I want. It testifies and it tells about Jesus. The old man said, go ahead, get it. The king went over to the red rose in the snow and he started to touch it. And all of a sudden, the rose turned pure white. He remembered the verse that said, though my sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. The king took the rose that had turned white in his hand and headed back down the mountain. He told his queen about everything that had happened on his journey. He told her, the rose represents Jesus Christ, the greatest gift the world has ever known. The king was successful in getting the greatest gift he could ever give to his wife. And that was the glorious account 
of the virgin birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Indeed, though our sins be as scarlet, we believe in him. And as to be covered in the blood of Jesus, we shall be white as snow. This is the Christmas season. A lot of fond remembrances for many folks. Also, it can be a time of sadness for those who for the first time, for the first Christmas, are seeing this holiday season, this Merry Christmas time come in without a loved one. It's very, very difficult. So many people will be crying. But just remember what God's Word told us in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. He himself shall wipe every tear from our eye. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more crying. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more pain. For these are of the former things, and they have passed away. But the way the things are going in this world today, it gives all the biblical fulfillment of the events that will transpire before the Lord returns to take his children home. This could very well be the last Christmas that we have here on this sin-filled world. But Lordy, Lordy, and I mean that with all reverence, what a beautiful Christmas it will be if we're around the throne of God next Christmas. And those of you who have lost loved ones, be happy for them as we can only imagine what Christmas is like in heaven. God's Word tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered to the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love Him. All the Christmas lights here, all the the beautiful uh, evergreens. All of these things are nice and they are beautiful. But nothing, nothing can compare with Christmas in heaven. It's beyond anything that we can imagine here. This world needs true love. It wants true love. It'll settle for lust. It de desires friendship and is ignorant to true agape love. The Lord Jesus Christ makes reference of a love that had never been mentioned in the Bible before. It was called agapeo. It means a willful, self-sacrificing love for every child of God. Not only every child of God, but we are told and instructed by God to love our enemies. That's where the willful part comes in. It's not just based on emotion. In fact, God's Word goes on to say, How different are you if you only love those who love you? Even the sinner does that. But we are to love our enemies, expressing and demonstrating the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Christmas is a time of giving, for God gave His only Son. We give good gifts. We give uh, our time, our talents. We, we bake cookies and candy and have Christmas dinner. And all these things are nice. And God's Word tells us every good gift, every perfect gift, comes down from above, from the Father of lights, 
whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. If it's good, truly good, it's of the Lord. We have materialized so much about Christmas. And we should always strive to remember that there was a census that all the world should be taxed. And that Joseph and his spouse wife returned to Bethlehem. And there was no room in the inn, not even for a room. And so they had to sleep in the stables. That night, in a soft, carved out limestone formation that was to be and had been used as a stable to feed the animals. It was there that Mary lied down and gave birth to God incarnate, the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This one who came to take away the sins of the world. So many times people want to use God to bless their shopping list. But the beauty of it is that the greatest gift is that he who knew not sin became sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in spirit and you shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Who has known the mind of Christ that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Christmas is so much to be grateful for. When we start feeling selfish and our materialistic longing list gets a little longer, sit down and stop and think about the most wonderful present this world has ever received, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your holy presence. Thank you for this evening. Thank you for this church and all that you have done. Within the walls of this church, many, many people have surrendered their life to you and called you their Lord and their personal Savior. And Lord, as it is Christmas time, a time to reflect upon the greatest gift this world has ever known your only begotten son Jesus Christ let us always keep that in perspective father I pray that if anyone tonight doesn't know you as the Lord and the Savior of their life that they'll pray this prayer I'm about to pray dear Jesus forgive me of all my sins come into my heart and save me I receive you as my Lord, my God, and my personal Savior. Holy Spirit, please fill me to overflowing. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This Wednesday night here at the church, we're going to have our Christmas celebration. This is Wednesday before Christmas Eve, which is Thursday. We're going to have the Fountain of Life Bible Church praise team blessing us with some Christmas melodies. We also have Tony Peters who is going to bless us in song as well. We'll read 
the Nativity Christmas account from the Word of God. We'll worship together. We'll talk of God's love. We'll fellowship together. We do encourage everyone to uh, keep in mind of the social distancing as we have the pews blocked off to encourage that distancing. We also encourage you to wear your, your mask. These are difficult times, strange times that we would have never ex expected two years ago, year and a half ago. But such are the times. So, Lord willing, until Wednesday night, may the peace of God and the power of His love and the beauty of His forgiveness keep you in your going out and coming in and bring you back safely to point of time. In Jesus' name we ask this blessing. Amen.